episode of Progress, Potential, and Possibilities, discussions with fascinating people designing a better tomorrow for all of us. I'm your host, Ira Pastor. Welcome, everybody, again to another episode of our show with another truly fascinating guest for you today, uh, helping to create a better tomorrow uh, for all of us. Uh, today, we have the uh, honor of being joined by Bjorn Hoglund, who is the co-founder and chief executive officer of an organization called Shift Business Climate Leaders, which is a Norwegian business-led climate initiative with a mission to ultimately accelerate the transition to a low-carbon economy, uh, supporting government on delivering on its national climate commitments by the year 2030. Uh, and their coalition ultimately hopes to demonstrate uh, to business and government uh, the potential that exists in the low-carbon economy to help drive uh, the transition. Uh, Mr. Holland is formerly the Executive Vice President and Chief Sustainability Officer, uh, DNVGL Group, where he oversaw uh, that group's sustainability performance and drove company-wide sustainability initiatives. Uh, Mr. Holland has uh, extensive experience assisting multinational companies in areas such as corporate uh, sustainability, innovation, and business development. Uh, he was responsible for the Global Opportunity Report, which was a joint uh, initiative together with the United Nations Global Compact and Sustania, uh, which is a uh, sustainability consulting communications firm. Uh, Mr. Holland's also a board member of, of numerous organizations, including uh, the University of Bergen, World Wildlife Fund, Peace Research Institute in Oslo, uh, organizations Sporvian and Kiesler. Uh, he's also a member of the advisory board for the Center for Responsible Leadership, a co-founder of Ziabaz, a new service for urban emission-free autonomous ferries, uh, as well as Terra Vera, a uh, tech foundation to make sustainability reality by giving anyone insights to support uh, their everyday uh, sustainability decisions. Uh, additionally, he is a member of the Norwegian Board of Technology, which actually advises uh, both the Norwegian Parliament and government on new technologies, uh, as well as a member of the Norwegian Academy of Technological Sciences. Uh, he has a background in uh, naval architecture, marine structures, and hydrodynamics, with a master's in science from the Norwegian Institute of Technology. And he also attended INSEAD, uh, Strategic International Leadership Program uh, in Leading Digital Transformation, uh, and he's widely recognized uh, in this global debate on sustainability and technology. Uh, and he has his own blog at the Huffington Post, and he's regularly uh, writing articles for a variety of publications globally. Um, all that being said, uh, Mr. Bourne, welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show today. Thank you, and, and thank you so much for a nice but very long introduction. <laughs> but uh, I'm very happy to, to join you here today. It's wonderful to have you. Uh, Bjorn, I, I'd like to just, as we typically do, hand things over to you uh, to start off. If you can take a, a few minutes, obviously I went through your bio, but uh, take us back a little bit. When did uh, sustainability and, and, and innovation in this context become so important to you uh, as part of your life and your career? Yeah, so, you know, I, I am grown up here in Norway, and I think in, in Norway, most of us is very close to nature. So, so we are living close to nature, and, um, and that is a very kind of integral part of how, how we are living. Uh, I am trained as an engineer, um, and during my training, you know, in the uh, uh, end of the 80s, we, we didn't touch the environmental or climate expert, uh, aspects at, at, at all. Uh, but um, 
I think my my awakening came uh, while I was living in China. So so I was heading up DNV in China for for five years from 2004 to 2009. And, and during those years, I, I, I really understood uh, more about how the world is put together. And I saw all the challenges uh, China were up to and Asia in, in general were up to. Uh, and, and, I, and I basically saw it through the lenses of a lot of opportunity of the companies I was part of at that time uh, DNV, in order to 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 take part in 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 that enormous transformation, China had to be part of in order to come on a, a sustainable pathway. So, so I would say the years in China were uh, in 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 the 2004 to 2009, were definitely where my my interest really triggered around sustainability and, and you know, when i when i go to the uh shift business climate leaders website the one thing that strikes me when i um and, and we'll go into uh, several of the programs but when i look at the organization and your partners uh it, it's a fascinating uh list uh of relationships that you have put together to date in a very short period of time um aside from sort of you know, the entire sort of spectrum of their Norwegian business environment. You have major multinationals involved, Coca-Cola, the Microsofts of the world, uh, major banks. Um, talk a little bit about what it was like to organize all these disparate groups for this singular type of initiative. Yeah, so so we, we, we formed Shift two years ago. And... Um, that was the year of, uh, of 2019. That was the year of Greta Thunberg. Uh, that was the year where the youth all over the world really started to, you know, use their voice. And, um, and uh, I felt uh, together with my co-founders that the Norwegian business environment were, were still very much on the, how to say, the business as usual track, uh, and 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 I, I used the same perspective as I saw in China in two thousand and you know those years uh, eight nine. I said that you know this transformation holds a lot of opportunities, and and Shift is basically a platform where we bring top leaders together to learn from each other, to build capacity, to build competence. Um, to see how they, they can build uh, competitive advantages in their own businesses. So, so it's a lot about learning, it's a lot about building competencies, in, and it is very important, everything we do in SHIFT, we do cross-sector. So uh, many you know, business leaders use a lot of, of time within their own industry. But you know, these days, it's not only the sustainability challenge or opportunity, but it is also a strong technological development. And that means that the new opportunities might not come from your normal competitors. It might come from totally new competitors. So, mm -hmm. so Shift is about building that uh, platform of competence. In addition, obviously, in order to be part of Shift, you have to, uh, 
fulfill very uh, strong requirements on your own reporting. So, so shift is is not only you know um, something you can just uh, everybody can take part in. It's those who really are committed and are able and willing to uh, report also their own emissions. Outstanding, very outstanding. Um, so going into, I mean, you have several uh, programs. Uh, we won't go into all of them, but one of them that really stood out to me uh, was this principle of, of the circular uh, economy. And this is something that we, uh, on previous episodes, we actually, um, on this side of the, uh, the Atlantic Ocean, we, we, uh, we spent some time with both the ambassador to the United States and Costa Rica, as well as their minister of science, technology, and communications. Uh, when they first brought this concept in the Costa Rica context of a national circular bioeconomy, looking at sort of decarbonization, uh, both production and consumption, um, when we get into sort of the circular economy, you know, focusing in your in your regions in Norway, but the, the broader Scandinavian region, uh, you're talking about repairing, using, recycling, and this concept that virgin materials and products uh, we, these can't be cheaper than all this other stuff that we have sitting around that we make very good products and, and services. Talk a little bit about the importance of this principle of the circular economy in Norway and the broader region. Yeah. So thank you. Uh, th this is obviously very, very important. Last week, um, uh, we, we had this, uh, what we call the World Overshoot Day. That was 29th of July. And that, that is the date where the world totally have used the resources available to be regenerated, you know, next year. So, so now, from 29th of July and until end of the year, we are, we are eating resources which are not regenerated. And if you, if you see on the local map, of course, 29th is the world average. 12th of, Ma of April is the overshoot day for Norway. So we consume a lot more resources than the world in average. Mm -hmm. And I, I have to put a finger to you in the US because <laughs> I think your you know, overshoot day is already in March. So you are about the worst together with Saudi Arabia and, and some other, you know, uh, countries. So okay. my point is just to say that resource efficiency is, is kind of the, the key. And it is, it is, is basically the flip side of sustainability. That is resource efficiency. Um, so we can learn a lot on sustainability by talking to our grandfathers and grandmothers because they lived in many ways with much scarcer resources. And, uh, and then the two generations after, after them, you know, we, we, we live like pigs mm -hmm. and, and we, we really use far too much resources. And that is a very important part of reducing our CO2 emissions is to be more resource efficient. So, so that's why we in shift in particular, because Norway is not a world champion on, on this. We, we, we really work on, on that perspective. And, and obviously for the businesses as part of shift, it's a lot to look at their business models. So, so it's, it's, it's to see how they shape their business models going forward. So the business model itself become much more resource efficient. And that might be to, you know, from selling products to selling services, uh, 
sharing business models and, and you know really going to the core of the business model. So, so, so I'm I'm very occupied by by circular economy and uh, it's a strong focus. We have just got a national strategy in Norway on that. EU in the EU Green Deal have put it really you know as one of the pillars to succeed with the EU Green Deal. And um, I think I think that is 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 crucial in order to uh, succeed also on the emission side. And you know, continuing along those thoughts, obviously, um, this pandemic and its resulting lockdowns and reduced mobility uh, indirectly took us into this world of increasing productivity at home, reducing our travel, drastically cutting our emissions. Um, you're very focused on so-called green digitization and, you know, when this, you know, God willing, pandemic comes to an end, we have to keep these learnings going. Uh, talk a little bit about green digitization. Yeah, I, I, I think actually we, we have a program on, on green digitalization and we started that before the pandem pandemic. Yep. Uh, but obviously, as you mentioned, I think all of us in the whole global village has really uh, had a crash course in, uh, in, in, in learning over the past one and a half year on and how we can adapt and how we can use technology much more efficient uh, than before. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, I agree with you, uh, we, we all hope uh, that we are back to some normal times uh, uh, sooner, but but still, I really hope and I expect that this pandem pandemic really has been transformative in how the business sector is organizing themselves going forward. Um, and as you, 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 you said, and, uh, and I have been part of that flying all over the world, you know, too much. Uh, and and um, like we have our meeting here today, uh, we, we see that, you know, we really can connect and we can create something together very efficient as we do right now. And uh, I think the business sector, um, the startups, I'm involved in quite a lot of startups. I work a lot with young people. They embrace this. And um, I'm very hopeful that we will see more tools, better tools, better way of connecting going forward if you say you know in the next 10 years 20 years 30 years with the development within digital infrastructure so so the so green digitalization i think is 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 very important and don't write i think it can be a gift to the uh, fight against co2 emissions what is greenwashing and how pervasive is this form of misleading uh, marketing uh, in the uh, current 2021 situation? Well, I think it is a lot of greenwashing out there. Um, and uh, but but the reason why it is greenwashing is 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 it's based on a good reason because the point is that you know green it it. It's, it's give you a competitive advantage if you can say that your product or services are, are green, it's better for the world, it's better for the climate, you know. So, so, so a bigger, bigger part of the consumers, they want to do good choices for the, for the environment. That is good. 
but obviously then it is very easy that you big use a little bit too too big words when you should you know position your product it's very few things that is better for the world actually uh, most product and services we are we are we are producing in one shape or form are harming the world and are not improving the world so so greenwashing is basically misleading information and uh, and we have we have made what we call the the guide against greenwashing you can look it up at, at our website and we challenge the business sector to sign up behind these 10 principles and I know more than 350 businesses has signed up and they say that you know we will do our best to live these 10 principles in order for us to real you know avoid greenwashing and put real content into our our sustainability agenda so and, and I just love that because uh, in the beginning we started this campaign it was just a very few companies who dared to sign up but then suddenly you know it becomes some peer pressures and then now we have a lot of um, uh, businesses signing up and then we bring them together every you know second month we bring them together and we talk about you know what is the difficult things what is the dilemmas and how can we learn together how to avoid greenwashing going forward because uh, you know it is dilemmas there and we should yeah. be open about them and um, uh, but um, yeah so, so so that is the greenwashing it is a lot of it and um, and um, I think the business sector need to be more responsible on how they position their products. So uh, Bjorn, we, we, we talked, uh, we, we've used a lot of green uh, here uh, so far in our discussion, but you and in your background, you, you have a, more of a blue background. You're a, you have a specialty in maritime uh, structures, hydrodynamics. You're involved in uh, some fascinating initiatives and in, uh, emission-free ferries and so forth. Um, you know, just let's transition to the blue area for a minute, uh, being appropriate stewards of, of the oceans, Norway, you know, in, in the middle of uh, a few uh, major bodies of water up there. Um, talk about sort of what's going on on the blue front. Obviously, this is a, clearly a passion and especially of yours. Um, any interesting ocean maritime related initiatives that you want to profile? Yeah, uh, thank you for that. You know, I'm trained as a naval architect, so yeah. so this is really part of my my, my passion, and uh, it is a lot of interesting things going on. Um, uh, obviously, if, if you look on on a broader picture, you would say that um, shipping, international shipping, um, is responsible for maybe two to three percent of the CO two emissions globally. Mm -hmm. It's about the same as the, the, the country of Germany in, in, in terms of emissions. So, 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 so even though it is an efficient way of, of moving goods around the world, it's still quite some, some emissions. So, and and uh, I'm fortunate to, to live in Norway because Norway has a very strong and, and very competent uh, environment around shipping. So, so it is a lot going on there now to move shipping onto to you know uh, low carbon um, fuels. Um, we 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 have also a, a lot of ship in the short sea shipping environment on batteries. Mm -hmm. So in in Norway we we now have close to hundred ferries on on batteries. 
and um, and uh, as as I mentioned, I'm also involved in a startup where we look at autonomous vessels, mm -hmm. uh, where we can you know reduce the costs by technology, and we we believe also increase the the safety by you know moving people out of the system and moving technology into the system. So, so I would say on, on the shipping front, it's a lot going on, uh, and and they also have to do a lot because they are, they are a, a major em, uh, emitter. But it is also other interesting development, uh, and uh, I would say, offshore wind power is has a big potential, uh, and, uh, and and that is also something we in Norway work very hard on, in particular floating. Uh, farms of of mm -hmm. wind power. Um, uh, another area which also is connected to the ocean is of course uh, fish farming. Uh, yeah. So how you can feed the world with with sustainable resources from the from the ocean. And then also the backflip is that the condition of the oceans are going in the wrong direction yeah. uh, due to global warming, uh, due to uptake of CO two. And the third is due to plastic pollution. So, so in Norway, we also work a lot on, 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 on how to see reduce the plastic uh, pollution into the ocean. And of course, that is, is not mainly from the ocean, it's, it's, it's from activity uh, on, on shore. But mm -hmm. the, everything ends in the ocean by by end of the day. So, so as you said, uh, we, we, we have a lot of focus on the ocean in, um, in Norway, and uh, it's about transportation, it's about energy, and it is about food. And, and we believe the ocean holds a lot of the solutions for the world going forward. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Bjorn, you know, when I read through your bio at the beginning, obviously, uh, aside from everything has shifted, you're on a, a wide range of, uh, of advisory boards. And, and you know, one of the ones I just, because we had, uh, as you know, Bawa Jane joined me a couple months ago. Uh, you were on the advisory board of the Center for Responsible Leadership. Uh, can you just talk for a few minutes about your involvement with his organization at the same time? Um, you know, sort of obviously you're, you're heavily Norwegian focused now, but uh, how you're... Uh, involvement in this organization and some of these other organizations are going to allow you to transfer the shift model to many other countries around the world. Yeah, so you know Baba Jain, he's my my brother from another mother. So <laughs> so <laughs> I really love to, to work together with, with him and his organization and uh, it's all started uh, about 10 years ago. Uh, at that time, we we organized quite a few roundtables here in Norway to understand how we can, you know, how can we accelerate the transition. And um, and and during those, we invited Baba Jain because we, we we thought it's you know it, it's it's so important that the business sector and the religious sector somehow find a way to work together. Yeah. Because even though I have uh, you know some thousand followers on Twitter. Those who really have a lot of followers, that is religious leaders. So, and, and Baba Giants really kind of convinced us uh, and inspired us to, to work together with that sector because the more business and the religious sector can work together, uh, you know, build understanding and competence together, the more stronger we can also be a partner in, in the transition. So, 
So we, we've done a lot of, of, of work in that in that space together, and I'm very happy to also serve as an advisor on, on his ad advisory board. Um, and um, I, I um, it, it's, it's, it's a little bit rare still in the business sector, this way of working together with religious leaders. Um, so, but but I strongly believe in that. Um, I, I strongly believe in that power, uh, because when you shall move the masses, you really need to work together with those who have the trust within, um, you know, a broader range of the of the people, and that is definitely not the business sector. Uh, <laughs> People think we are crooks, we don't pay, pay tax, and uh, we are destroying the world with all kind of uh, <laughs> product and services. But uh, yeah, so, so that is the background. And uh, I heard you talk with, with Bava, and uh, yeah, I do my best to support him, and I do my best to help him to connect his organization towards uh, big business, uh, because I think that is really a, a potential which uh, which we should all uh, applaud and, and support and uh, and um, you know uh, you know help to accelerate. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm also involved in uh, a few uh, foundations here in Norway, mm -hmm. uh, also working with uh, with peace. Um, and, and I, uh, I I really work hard to understand this. Uh, correlation between climate and climate change and, and, and peace. So, so, um, so, so, so that is important, and that is definitely important for the business uh, yeah. because a business cannot survive in in a or succeed in a world who fail. So, so, so you know, so we need to have that structure around us, and and then uh, the religious sector is important. And peacekeeping is is so important. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Bjorn, while while I have you, um, any other uh, initiatives coming up, uh, conferences you're going to be talking at, uh, things we should know about that we can either link to. Or you want to tell us now? Breaking news, please. Uh, I'll give me back the floor. <laughs> well, you know, here in Norway, we have this gathering every autumn. So. So that we will have that next week. Then we bring together politicians, business sector, and uh, you know, the society at large for a couple of days to debating uh, different issues. And, and a lot of those discussions is about, you know, what what does the future holds? Uh, how should we you know, position Norway? And I would say most of them have you know elements of of climate change in 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 into them. And, and obviously, this summer we have witnessed the extreme weather in Europe. <clears throat> you guys has, has got a lot of it with, um, yep. with fires. So I, I think that will will kind of accelerate the discussions, at least at this part of the world, about you know, it's it's clearly that the nature is talking to us in in a way that we should uh, we should respect and uh, so hopefully i think you know next week when we will have this dialogue um i uh, i um I, I think it will be even even stronger than before on the issue on climate change and uh, and that's that's very important we will also have our election 
in September. Mm. So let's see, maybe maybe we also will have a, a new government. We we don't uh, know yet, but uh, we have uh, we have green politicians in in all. You know, in Norway we have, we don't only have two parties. We have maybe right. ten parties. So. So, uh, so, so we see, in particular, young young politicians. They mm-hmm. are now pushing a lot. E- either they are left or right on the on the political landscape. They are both pushing for a more responsible uh, politics. But uh, apart from that, uh, I, I would encourage you all to look up this um, green the guide against greenwashing. Okay. Um, Feel free if you want. You can sign up on that. It's translated to English, so it should be should be easy to navigate that on our webpage. So, so I welcome all of you if you can find some inspiration there to um, to uh, to sign up. And um, and we are working with networks in uh, in Europe. Uh, I'm working with with a few key persons in 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 in, in the US, but I will definitely expand my um, my um, my collaboration so if anybody listening to, uh, to you are now are curious about shift uh, you know please send me an email or call me and uh, we can discuss how we can collaborate more going forward outstanding outstanding and we will put the uh, the links uh, in the bio uh, when we take the show live but um Really, really fascinating set of initiatives, Bjorn. Um, wishing you the, the best with all of this um, for everybody that's going to be listening to uh, this episode uh, across the podcast networks or watching on the YouTube channel. Uh, you've been listening to Bjorn Holland, co-founder and chief executive officer of Shift Business Climate Leaders in Norway. Um, definitely check out his site. Um, Bjorn, once again, thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to do this. Um, thanks for everything you're doing with Shift. And as we say on our show, you know, thanks for helping to create a better tomorrow for all of us. Very inspiring. Thank you. And thank you so much. And good luck with the important work you are doing going forward. Thank you so thank much. You.